We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, welcome back to the show. Joe Z with you. Nobody knows the ACC like Wes Durham, part of the Packer and Durham show on the ACC Network every morning between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. And if you miss that, then you can catch the replay between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And if you miss that, you can catch them on Sirius XM Radio during those same hours. So from basically 7 a.m. to 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it's all Packer and Durham throughout the footprint of the ACC. And we are delighted to have with us now Wes Durham, also the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Wes, good evening to you. How are you? I'm great, Joe. Good to be with you. And if you get uh, if six hours doesn't do it, you can just cancel your cable subscription or satellite service and move along to something else more productive in life. How's that? Six hours of Packer and Durham. I catch it every day. Yeah. How you been? I'm doing pretty good. We've had a good basketball good. season. Last week was yeah, a little bit rough, but we've had a good basketball season. Got exciting times in football. Maybe we'll start yeah. there. We have a holy trinity now of of uh, Mario Cristobal, Kevin Steele, and Josh Gaddis. What is the response inside the ACC to what Miami is doing? Well, and I don't want you to forget the uh, the latest addition uh, with Coach Adai coming from Georgia, right? Don't, Correct. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't let that one slide off either. That guy's talented. Um, I had a chance to visit with him uh, a year ago when I did the Liberty Bowl when he was still at West Virginia before he went to Georgia. Um, I think, that, look, there was never a doubt in my mind that if Mario Cristobal and Dan Radakovich got together in any shape or form in South Florida, that football was going to go through some sort of renovation publicly and privately. And the public renovation's pretty stark, don't you think? I mean, it's uh, you're starting to see guys come in with uh, – the Josh Gaddis thing is awesome. Um and I, Brian McClendon's a good football coach. Don't get me wrong, but Josh Gaddis is a really good football coach. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, Kevin Steele, his resume speaks for itself. Uh, he knows this league. He's obviously been in it a couple different times. Um, yeah, and obviously with Mario Cristobal, I, I think you, you get a lot of optimism. And the schedule came out you know, last week or so, and you got a favorable look at least at, uh, at what your challenges are. And so, I, yeah, I think the optimism ought to be pretty high in South Florida. Here's what I gathered from the ACC schedule for Miami. You ready? Mm. No, mm-hmm. no Thursday night games. And, yeah. no fr- and no Friday night games. They play all on yeah. Saturday. Now, I heard sure. Pac today, think- I heard Pac today mm-hmm. make a good point that the NFL, uh, Thursday, Thursday night games, and you are in the NFL – are going to be on Amazon Prime. So it's a very sure. good opportunity for college football maybe to reclaim uh, uh, Thursday night college football. I think Thursday nights were really good for the ACC. My point for Miami playing on Thursdays always was if Alabama doesn't play on Thursday, then Miami doesn't have to play on Thursday. Play on Saturday. That's what Miami's supposed to be a Saturday team. Just uh, well, Thursdays I, are for yeah, the I, ambush. 
I think that I think Thursday night worked for the ACC when they did it in marketplaces where it was test driven and shown to be productive. Okay. And I can tell you that because I did Georgia Tech for 18 years, and they used to be the kings of Thursday night, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you remember that. Oh, you yeah. remember that night you came up there, Paul Johnson's first year, and played on a Thursday night. I mean, I'll never you know, forget that because right after that game, I flew back to Miami only to get on another airplane to fly to St. Thomas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that when it's done right, it can be a really good thing. And I think there's some markets that Thursday night works in the college game, but I don't disagree with you about Miami. I don't think Miami needs to play Thursday night home games because there's a fan base that's accustomed to Saturdays, and that's that's where it needs to be. But, yeah, you're right. No Thursday night home games for the Canes, and I think your your schedule is workable. Um, and workable is a word we have to use right now because until we see some teams in the spring and understand kind of what the roster inventory looks like, that's all we really know. You know, I mean, with the portal being the way it is and, you know, all those things and recruiting and so forth, I think you've, you know, we got to, got to take a little bit of, uh, we have to to take in account some of those type things, Joe, that maybe we didn't take into account, um, you know, in previous years. I just said to Don, I am reluctant to bring up certain players on the roster, maybe guys haven't played as much because I'll, I'll mention them and, and, you know, the next thing you know, they're they're in a transfer portal, perhaps. And you don't want to right. leave a guy out when you're talking about a position and perhaps a guy's got a great chance to have an impact this year or maybe in his mind he's going to move along. So that's kind of the world we are in right now. But as we stand here in February, if we look at the Miami side, the Coastal Division, everybody yeah. is going through a restructuring. And maybe mm-hmm. despite – Despite the fact that Miami has changed their coaching staff, completely changed their coaching staff, they might have the most stability. Yeah, no question. I think you have to look at everybody in the Coastal Division has made at least a coordinator change, if I'm not mistaken. At least a coordinator change, right? Right. I mean... My my point, my yeah. Well, my point was going to be okay. Pittsburgh is the defending champ. They lose their quarterback and their coordinator. Virginia gets a new head coach. Probably wants to play. I'm going to think a completely different way than Bronco Mendenhall played. Duke Mm -hmm. gets a new coach. He's going to play completely different from David Cutcliffe, and that roster is going through some overhaul. Uh, Georgia Tech, they've got new coordinators. They struggled last year. Virginia Tech, new head coach. Uh, right. They're kind of trying to refine, trying to find their way back to old Virginia Tech recruiting. Meanwhile, Miami comes back. The roster is in pretty good shape, and it might be the kind of team there where new head coach comes in and pushes them over the goal line. I think it's. I think Miami's upside is significant, and I think part of the reason it's significant is because you're going to have a good inventory back of your players, right. both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. In particular, the guy slinging it. Um, don't get that part twisted at all. This is still going to be the premier quarterback league in the country next year. Um, and and TVD is going to be toward the top of the list, if not at the top of the list. I think his upside is terrific. And with Josh Gaddis coming in, I'd feel pretty good about where he's going to be in the run-pass balance, too. I, You know, Gaddis, to me, and again, nothing against Brian McClendon, Josh Gaddis brings a volume of information and packages to the table here. Um, you know, you ought to talk to the former Wake quarterback, Riley Skinner, about Josh Gaddis. 
because they played together. And Riley always told me he thought he was one of the brightest guys, period, as a player. And he's off to a terrific start as a coach. He's done a great job. And so I, I'm I'm excited for Miami, and I'm also excited because I know a little bit about the talent you've got there. And, um, you know, Mario Cristobal is only going to enhance that, I'm sure. Uh, let's uh, jump into this real fast. You discussed this the other day on the show, and you, well, you, you were also with us when I was filling in in the afternoon. But before we jump into basketball, uh, your quick thoughts. You interviewed the commissioner the other day, his one-year right. anniversary. Uh, the thoughts on the college football playoff, where we are, four teams, are we expanding, are we holding still, where are we going with this thing? Well, I don't want Miami fans to misconstrue what Jim Phillips has said. Jim Phillips is for expansion. He's just not for expansion until we get some other things set up. And if y'all don't think that he he knows we're going to go to 12, but I think he'd like to see, you know, kind of a retooling of the football calendar during the year. I think he'd like to see some guardrails for NIL. I think he'd like to see the ability to close the transfer portal as well as open it. I, I think there are other things we need to think about in addition to the fact that, and Joe, you know these players as well as I do, uh, probably better in the case of Miami. I'm not sure all these kids are signing up to play 15 games right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a lot of football. And, you know, everybody thinks it's great, but they're not the ones buckling up the helmet every week either. So I, I think that's part of the thing that Jim Phillips wants to get answers to, and he wants some symmetry and some continuity about it. And I think we all deserve that. I, we got to slow college football down. It's a great sport. The playoff situation's fantastic. But before we go, you know, rear end over tea kettle into a 12-team playoff, I think we got to get some of the landscape calmed down right now because it's as wild as it's ever been. I mean, you talk to coaches and people, I mean, it's just it's the wild, wild west at some point. I mean, you know, we got kids signing, not doing this, in the portal, out, you know, we got 1,100 and some kids, I think, still in the portal, right? And that's got to be addressed as well, I think. Well, what's, uh, what's forgotten about the kids in the portal that don't find a landing spot is people say, oh, they're, they're not going to play. Um, hello? That's it. Wait a minute. They're not going to school. That's it. They've lost their <laughs> they education. lost their education. They've lost their scholarship. Yep. No, I, I, I think people seem to forget that part of it. The guys go in the oh, portal. Yeah. There's no landing spot. Where, where they they, they got to go to school, right? Someplace. Yep. Absolutely. I guess maybe. I guess the counter to that would be, well, they should have thought about that before they jumped into the portal. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's those are some of the things that. And I just looked at the, uh, you know, I call them Division One AA FCS. That that right. play, that playoff. That's North Dakota State played 15 games. Yes, they did. Yeah, they sure did. I did their semifinal game in Fargo, and you know what? They had some kids that couldn't go because they had played the week before. They had played, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of six straight games, and they hadn't had a bye week since the middle of the season. I mean, there, there's plenty of things that you have to think about in this process that I don't think people are playing or thinking of. People that aren't playing aren't thinking about it, and that's the problem we have. We've got to have the young people put their input into this, too. I'll wrap it up with this. I probably told you this before, and I, I think I've mentioned this. When Miami made their run with Coach Richt, and Miami beat uh, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, and I mm-hmm. went out to the parking lot with, with Don Bailey to have our milkshakes, and I said, you know, this has been great. They've got two under the belt, but Don, we still have – if we're going to make a run at this, if Miami's going to make a run at this – 
they have to be perfect for uh, four, f- five more weeks in a row, yeah. which, which would have been seven straight. Yeah. Right, because we still had Virginia and Pittsburgh. Then you would have had a championship game. That's three. Right. Then a semifinal four. Then a championship five, in addition to the mm-hmm. two you just played. So you get to November, you got to be perfect for seven weeks. Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking about throwing one more on Correct. Right. Maybe eight or That's nine. Problem. I mean, yeah. I mean, so now we're talking about how many weeks are we going to play this thing? I mean, you know, there's – that's what Jim Phillips is concerned about, and he's got every right to be. Plus, here's the other thing, and I'll add into this, and you can ask your athletics director about this. The business deal on the expansion has to be right. you got to give me the business deal. Everybody says, well, why do we have to worry about the business deal? Because I promise you we've got to get the money and the financials right on this thing if we're going to expand to twelve. And it's probably going to start with a B and not an M, if you know what I mean, yep. when it comes to the yearly fee. We're probably going to have more than one television partner, and that might be a good thing too, i.e. see the NFL. Where are we with ACC basketball right now? How many are you going to get oh, in? Boy. Huh? Um, four, I think, or, or I think four get in, Joe. Uh, I would hope maybe we could squeeze a fifth in there, but right now I like four. Um, obviously, I think regardless of the loss last night, I, I still think Duke is uh, is going to be the highest seeded team in the ACC. Um, you know, I, I think Miami's done some really good things, but in all honesty and complete candor here with you, I, I don't want to put anybody in at this point other than Duke because we still got you know, in the case of like Notre Dame, eight games left. In the case of Wake Forest, they've got seven games left. You guys have eight games left um, with Georgia Tech tomorrow night. Carolina playing tonight. Um, you know, they'll have six left after tonight or seven left after tonight. I I just think that probably there's some combination of Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Miami, Carolina, Virginia. Florida State's got some work to do, Joe. Um, I mean, some real work to do. And it's uh, they, the Osborne injury has really taken something out of their team. And, um, you know, I, but I'll take Virginia, Carolina, Miami, Wake, and Notre Dame and say three others at least and maybe four uh, when we get to Selection Sunday to uh, join Duke. I heard this bandied, uh, bandied about today on the ACC Network this afternoon. Uh, the 20 games that the ACC plays. I thought it was a good idea. I understand it. It's inventory. Is it working against them? Because now it limits what they can do in the non-conference. I don't know that it's working against them. I think what has happened is we've played the 21 time clean. We don't know what the math is with the committee. The one time we played the 20 games clean, Joe, the tournament got canceled. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't played 20 games yet. We're going to play 20 this year, but it's not been clean. Um, so I don't know if 10 and 10 gets in. Right now, the biggest problem the league has is 4 and 16 against ranked non conference opponents. That's the biggest problem the league has, is their record against non-conference ranked opponents is trash, and that ain't helping anybody. Um, So let me get to another year, and and we're in a transition phase. There's no getting around that part of it, but I I think at this this moment we need to look at four potentially and hope we get five, Um, and if everything goes according to chalk and some of the automatics, that'll help us for sure. But there are going to be some other leagues like the West Coast Conference with San Francisco and people like that, they're, they're, you're going to see those leagues get two or three this year for sure, I think. 
Well, I always appreciate you taking the time to join us. Every now and then, I'd like to remind you that I know your dad's really proud of you. Always treating oh, me thanks. really, really good. It. I think uh, every now and then, people need a reminder of that. But uh, uh, you've done great work. And uh, as always, thank you for being with us. I look forward to seeing you on the road. Yeah, I do too, Joe. Be well. Okay, See take you soon. care. All right, that's uh, Wes Durham with us here on the show with a really good look at the ACC football and basketball. When we come back, Katie Meyer joins us coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.